Two weeks ago, I started a, a series on the subject of relationships, and we began that series looking at the gift of marriage. For those of you who weren't with us, the audio, the video online, I really would encourage you to watch that or listen to it because it will give you a good context for the overall series. And I shared last time about what I believe to be the paramount reason that God gave us the gift of marriage, and that is to point us towards our relationship with God. All through the narrative of Scripture, God uses the picture of marriage as a way of describing the kind of intimate relationship that he wants with his people, the church. And we see this culminating at the end in the book of Revelation, the wedding supper of the bridegroom, Jesus, his bride, the church, the people of God, when the kingdom of God comes in its fullness and we are perfectly united with Jesus into eternity. But it's not all about the future. Marriage doesn't just signify the intimate relationship we will have with God after Christ's return. One of the things that we get to experience, whether we're married or single, is an intimate relationship with Jesus in the here and now. Not the level of intimacy, of course, that we'll know in heaven, but nonetheless, that relationship is far more important than our marital status. Tim Keller, in his book, The Meaning of Marriage, summarizes what we talked about last time this way. Marriage was created to be a reflection on the human level of our ultimate love relationship and union with the Lord. It is a sign and foretaste of the future kingdom of God. Human marriage is a taster for the real thing in heaven. And married and singles alike should keep in mind that this, he writes, even the best marriage cannot by itself fill the void in our souls left by God. Without a deeply fulfilling love relationship with Christ now and hope in a perfect love relationship with him in the future, married Christians will put too much pressure on their marriage to fulfill them. So if we're married, there's a real danger that we might look to our spouse to meet all of our needs. It's not going to happen. And that's something that single people should be aware of too. If a single person is so wanting to get married because they believe that will fulfill them, then it is likely that they're over-idealizing marriage. It would be better for both married and singles alike to focus on developing their relationship with Jesus, which will both in this life and in the life to come be ultimately more fulfilling. Last time I said that as a church we want to champion, uphold, and strengthen marriage. And as a church, we want to do the same for single people. And so tonight, we'll be focusing on being single. Now, there are many single people in the church. Many of you here are single. Some of you have never been married. Some have been, but have lost a partner through divorce or through bereavement. We have some single parents and so on. Now, I'm hoping that no matter what your particular situation, you'll find today's message to be helpful and encouraging. If you are married or in a relationship, we would encourage you not to just check out tonight, but to try and increase your understanding of the single lifestyle. I'm sure there will be single people around you who would really appreciate your sensitivity and your encouragement as they seek to pursue God in their lives. Especially in today's culture, you know, our culture is sex crazed at every level. And single people who are doing their best to remain celibate, deserve every bit as much support 
and encouragement and strengthening as married people do, probably a whole lot more. And so we want to champion those who are single. It can be hard sometimes, and it can be sometimes even harder in a church. Now, if a church really is working as it's supposed to, as the family of God, it's supposed to be much easier. But there are aspects to which being in a church and single can have its challenges. Not only does society tend to give off the message that if you don't fit into the normal path of life, the normal path, by meeting someone, getting married, having children, then there must be something wrong with you. But this message can sometimes be accidentally amplified by the church. For example, churches rightly invest in strengthening marriages through courses like the one that we started a week and a half ago. We love it when people find a boyfriend or a girlfriend in our midst. We gather around and we admire engagement rings as we hear tales of how one person proposed to another. We celebrate weddings. People in relationships tend to gravitate towards other couples in their social life, and so single friends can find themselves somewhat excluded. And then we dedicate children, we baptize children, we hold parenting classes, we celebrate children. And there is a perception, though I hope it's not true here, that married people are more often appointed to positions of leadership than single people. So if we're not careful, we can give off the message that being single is somehow less than being married. just want to say very clearly tonight, it is not. We want to send the strong signal that we honor singleness as a status equal to marriage. Nearly all ancient cultures and religions hold marriage and the bearing of children as of paramount importance. It was so important to continue the family line. And so without heirs, you had no lasting significance. To be single meant to carry a huge social stigma. And it often meant that you'd have no one to care for you in your old age. Now Jesus was in this regard, and in so many ways, utterly countercultural. Jesus was single. Singleness can not any longer be seen as somehow less than being married because Jesus Christ, our model, was the perfect human being, the perfect man, and he was single. Jesus taught that eternal life comes from knowing him, not from having heirs to continue our family name. Jesus taught that our dignity and our identity come from him, not from any human relationship. Jesus taught in Matthew 12 that those who follow in his steps by doing the will of his father are his family rather than those to whom he was biologically related. And Jesus created a new family and a new community, the church, where everyone who believes is included. Now, Jesus made it clear that what really mattered was following him. So Jesus was single, as was to the greatest theologian who wrote much of the New Testament, Paul. He was also single. And Paul commends the single lifestyle. If you're interested, you might want to read 1 Corinthians 7. We'll read a little bit later, just a couple of verses from the message translation. But he commended the single lifestyle as a way of serving God without distractions. In his book, The Single Issue, Al Shu says this, Without demeaning marriage, the New Testament gives a new dignity to singleness. Both are equally valid ways to serve God. A truly Christian view of both singleness and marriage will honor both equally 
without disparaging one or the other. Okay, so both singleness and marriage have challenges and difficulties. They both have benefits. They both have blessings. Both provide opportunities to contribute to society and to the church, and both are states to be aspired to. There are many single people in the church. There are also many single leaders who are leading at various levels, some of whom are carrying significant weight in the life of this church. And we understand that that comes with many challenges, and we applaud them for committing their lives to serve God and deal with the challenges and indeed the opportunities that that brings. And we also just want to give this encouragement to single people. If God has put something on your heart, given you some gifts and talents to serve him in some way, you don't need to wait until you're married to do it. Maybe God's called you to plant a church, lead a church. Don't be worrying about getting married. Worry about getting trained and getting equipped to go and do what God may have called you to do. Could be anything. That just came off the top of my head. I've been married for 32 years, and therefore I have limited experience of being single. And so this evening we're going to hear from some people who are all single and can share their personal experience about the joys, about the challenges of being single. And I'm thrilled that they've been, they have agreed to be interviewed tonight. So would you please welcome Rob, Alpa, Betsy, and Tracy. Thank you so much for being willing to do this. Um, these questions have been prepared by a couple of people who understand the issues that single people face, and uh, they all know what I'm specifically going to ask them. So, Alpa, first of all, would you please just tell us a little bit about yourself? So, um, I'm 38, and um, I live on my own. Um, I, I work as a social worker, doing kinship and mainstream fostering assessments for a local authority. Um, I love my job on the whole, um, it's particularly um, keep helping to keep children within families where possible. Um, I've been a Christian for about 23 years altogether, um, and my faith has been a real strength to me over the years, really. I've been at Trent two years, um, but I'm not new to the vineyard. I've been going to various different vineyard churches around the UK since 1999, because I've moved around a fair bit. Um, my parents passed away when I was younger. Um, when, when I was four, my mum died, and when, when I was 18, my dad died. Um, so my family are really my uncle and aunt and cousins, and they've been really good to me over the years. Um, so I've had two relationships all together in my life, um, both of which were when I was at university, which was a long time ago. Uh, one was for the duration of about four months, and the other one for a year. Um, since then, I've been on various dates, but nothing's come of them, really. Um, so I've been single for the most, most of my life. Um, at various times in my life, I felt different things about being single, really. Um, sometimes I felt content, and other times it's been difficult, and I've longed for a relationship or a marriage, um, just someone to share life's ups and downs with, and um, someone to grow old with. Yeah. Um, but now I think I feel quite content at the moment. Um, just trusting God knows what's best for me. He knows me better than I know myself, um, and he knows what's good for me, whether it be singleness or marriage. Um, but that's not to say I wouldn't be open to any offers. <laughs> <laughs> Can 
you tell us, uh, Alpha, tell us what do you love about being single? So I, I really love traveling. I've done, I've, I've done a fair bit of, um, of traveling and seeing the world. Um, so that's something I really love to do. Um, there's a freedom in expressing my taste um, in terms of how to decorate my house and the car. I don't have to think about somebody else's taste in that. Um, I don't have to compromise in making decisions about perhaps where I go on a holiday, that kind of thing. Um, I've got the freedom to have my own space if I want it, be on my own if I want, or go and see family and friends if I want to, um, which is quite nice. There's a flexibility and a spontaneity about um, being single. I think sometimes you can drop things and um, you can change your plans quite easily. Um, so I've got the freedom to do what I want, when I want, but um, I try and use that freedom in an unselfish way if I can. Um, I've got more time and resources generally than a lot of my married friends with children. Um, so I, I try and use them to, my time and resources to bless other people um, and also to serve God. Thank you, Alpa. Betsy, could you introduce yourself? Tell us a bit about uh, how you sustain healthy relationships also as a single person. Um, as John said, I'm Betsy. Um, I've got two sons, uh, 20 and 18, Heinz and Frankie, and they are quite... Uh, <laughs> yeah, people might know them in church. Um, I was married for um, 25 and a half years when my marriage broke down about two years ago. And I thought the illustration John gave two weeks ago was really helpful of um, two pieces of paper being glued together and uh, then being torn apart. And with that really comes... Um, scarring and, and hurt. So um, very early on, um, amongst the, the devastation and despair really, um, there was lots of issues that I had to deal with. And one was the fact of um, being single again after so many years. And I made um, a conscious decision at that time that I wouldn't want my, my singleness to um, be my identity or define me. Um, that's easier said than done, and I had to make that decision again and and again. Um, what really the relationships that I really treasure and that's really important to me is my friends. Um, they are the ones that just uh, came alongside me and supported me, encouraged me, and prayed with me. Um, challenged me, did fun things with me, cried with me. Um, and I can remember um, one evening, it was quite late, most people would have been asleep by then, I, I wasn't in a good place and I sent a friend a text and uh, I just got, got a short reply back saying, switch the kettle on, I'm on my way. And she came we chatted, we prayed, and I could carry on again. And I've got many examples of, of um, times like that where my friends were just there um, for me. Um, some friendships have changed, and I think that's, that's um, inevitable as well. I do treasure friendships with uh, couples as well, the friends we had. Um, Hanging out with them, if I'm honest, is um, 
difficult sometimes, even, even painful. But my friends are great, and they are very um, mindful of that as well. And, and every time um, I do that and I come away and I've been able to, to do that, I always think, yes, I've done it. And I, I, you know, I give myself a, a little pat on the back. Mm. Um, and that's getting easier as well. Thank you, Betsy. Rob, tell us a bit about yourself. Hi there. I'm Rob. I'm 26. Um, I grew up in Cambridgeshire uh, in a Christian home. I decided to follow Jesus when I was about 14. I got baptized. Um, and then I came here about six and a half years ago to study civil engineering. Um, and at the end of that, after four years with a degree in the bag, um, a, a job in the bag, promising kind of ideas for a career, I decided to put my whole career on hold um, and volunteer here as part of the discipleship year. Uh, three years on, I'm still, like, my career's still kind of on hold. Um, still not sure if I'm going to go back to engineering, but uh, I, I carry on volunteering here just because I love it here, and I'm also on, on staff here now. Could you tell us some of your thoughts on the subject of dating? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm 26, and I've never had a girlfriend, which... This morning, everyone went, oh, <laughs> which is nice of them. Um, but like when I say that to people, I, I kind of have one or two reactions. One of them is that. And the other one is kind of blame. Um, people are like, oh, what, what are you playing at? Like, get, get on with it. Like, uh, ask more girls that. Have you thought about internet dating? Is, is something wrong with you? Are you a bit scared? Um, and that's just my mum. I'm kidding, she's, she's lovely. Um, and I think we, we all know, don't we, like that, that pressure comes from, well, I think that pressure kind of comes from in our society that the kind of onus is, is on guys to initiate things, um, right? Which, just as an aside, I think that's quite a, an out-of-date thing, right? <laughs> like, like, girls, if, if you've got feelings for a guy and you're dropping hints, you might be dropping hints for quite a long time. Like, we're not that bright, you might need to spell it out. <laughs> Just saying. Um, anyway, <laughs> so there's, there's that pressure that mounts up. And I think for, for many people, particularly guys, like when, when it seems like you're kind of failing at something and you're not sure how to do it, the, the natural thing is to go to Google or, or like look at TV and like try, try and work out, well, how do I do dating? Um, and I think that's quite dangerous because those are terrible places to look for advice. Um, so if, if you'll accept some dating advice from someone who's been on a handful of dates in his life. I mean, this, I was just thinking about this um, this week. But, but guys, if, if you are struggling with this, if, if you are feeling a little bit lost, then, then look for couples who, who have the kind of relationship that, that you want. Look for a couple that you can trust, um, who speak well of each other, who are committed to each other, and just be vulnerable with them. And just say, look, this is where I'm at. These are the things that I worry about. These are the things that I struggle about. Do I have a good view of myself? Do I have a good view of the opposite sex? Do I have a good view of God? Will you pray for me? Um, I, I think that, that that is a much better way of going about it than trying to find advice from what the world tells us. Mm, thank you, Rob. Tracy, could you tell us a bit of your own story? Yeah. Um, hi, um, I'm 43 years old. Um, I've been single for 14 years, which is um, the length of my journey with um, God so far. Um, 
I've been single for so long because my journey's been a little complicated. Um, before I met Jesus, I was living a homosexual lifestyle. And um, when, I'm, when I gave my life to Jesus, I was, just felt prompted to ask him about my lifestyle. And um, I felt God share with me that um, that wasn't his will for my life. And I felt him just invite me into a journey. And he asked me to abstain from the lifestyle. And although it was very confusing at the time and, and, and quite hard even, um, I felt that I wanted to be committed to God with all of me and, and to, you know, just to be committed to the whole journey, 100%. So at that point, I decided to um, be single. And at the time, I thought, you know, even if this is going to be for the rest of my life, I, I choose to be single, even in the hard times. And <clears throat> but as my journey progressed, I, um, God um, showed me hurts and pain in my life that had contributed to that desire developing. And I'd been sexually abused as a child, and my mother left me at a, at a young age. And, and so that I developed a fear of men, and I, I didn't know how to properly connect with, um, with women uh, health, healthily. Um, so I kind of just gave that to, to Jesus, and he began to, to heal those hurts. And um, as those hurts began to get healed, um, an attraction toward men started to arise, um, which was really great because I then realized that I'm so relational and I don't want to be single. So I was quite happy for that to arise. And eight years into my journey, I began to pray um, for my husband. Um, I've been on a couple of dates and had a short relationship, but I'm still, still waiting so far. Thank you, Tracy. Have you felt isolated as a single person ever, and how have you dealt with that? Yeah, I would say at, at the beginning of my journey, I, was, um, I felt most isolated because at that point, I just was afraid to share my process with people, share my, my struggles and my journey, just through the fear of rejection. And, um, and so at that point, I just feel really lonely and isolated, but God led me to um, just, to, just to share and be open with my, the friends he'd put in, in my life. And, and so as I began to share my process and invite people into that and allow them to see all of me, you know, the, the good and the bad, I really just started to feel that loneliness dissipate and um, and it kind of I started to involve more people then and and I just felt really loved and and kind of that I wasn't on my own in this journey you know regardless of whether someone had been through that or not that I felt supported and loved. Mm. Thank you Tracy. Alpa if I could ask you a blunt question practically how do you keep yourself sexually pure as a single person? Um, I think sex is a wonderful thing, but I think it's for marriage. Um, I'm 38 and I've never had sex. Um, and that might be shocking because it's not a norm in society or non-Christian culture. But I, I would say that I respect God and I obey him um, about his thoughts on sex and purity. Um, and God's way is to be holy. So I follow that. Um, 
And, God's, and that's what God's, God, God knows what's best for me and what's good for me at the moment as a single woman, really. So. Um, there are lots of sexual images all over the place in the media, on adverts, on television, in books, in magazines. It, it's just it's everywhere. Um, and it gives the message that the sex is root of all fulfillment and happiness. Um, but I believe that that's, that's not true. I think it's only God that can really fully satisfy us and complete us. Um, and uh, it's also about my thought life as well. So I'm careful about uh, not watching TV too late at night because there's a lot of unhelpful stuff on television late at night. Um, don't read magazines which are unhelpful, full of articles about sex and um, stuff like that, really. And I've got um, some close friends and family that I talk to who would challenge me um, if, about bad choices if I ever made any. Um, it's about surrounding yourself, I think, with like-minded people um, so that you don't become drawn away. And if you're isolated, then it's easier to make bad choices. Um, and also, I'd say that um, it's important not to be secretive, but to be open in those, in those friendships. And I, I challenge, channel a lot of my energies into serving God. Um, and I think um, this church is such a great place to do that. It values um, single people just as married people. In, in, you know, in serving. Yeah. Thank you, Arthur. Rob, come back to you. Given the freedom that single people experience, how do you keep yourself accountable? Yeah, so accountability is, is really important. Um, over the last six years, as I say, I've been part of this church, and I've, I've built up a number of really close uh, guy friends who I trust and who can ask me, anything you know nothing's off limits um, and it's not just kind of their their challenge um, but also their support and their encouragement um, and all of that all of those relationships um, or at least the vast majority have been um, as a result of being part of a small group here um, like I, I'm not just saying that small group is a good idea I'm saying like it's been my lifeline for the last six years mm. um, and this is something that's like totally countercultural. To, to put it another way like as I've already said, I'm not in a relationship, but that doesn't mean that I don't need to be part of, uh, sorry, I don't need to be in relationship with people. You know, like we, as human beings, we need to, to connect with other people. We need to be vulnerable with, with other people. And I think this is something that's, that's really countercultural. Um, I was reading this week that, that the biggest killer for men my age, between 25 and 32, is suicide and that's not okay and I really feel like God's challenging us to be a generation of men who, who look totally different from the outside world who, who are prepared to, to build up loving relationships where, where we can just support each other and, and we can be honest with each other and that, that applies to people who are in relationships as well but I think it's, it's very easy to, to slip into loneliness um, for, for single guys. So anyway, yeah, practically, what that looks like. Um, so we, we just hang out doing guy stuff, you know, eating steak, smoking whiskey, drinking... Like, no, what? Smoking whiskey? Smoking whiskey. whiskey. Smoking cigars, Smoking. drinking whiskey, um, playing video games, playing chess. Um, but through all of that... Guy stuff. Um, through all of that, like, my, my friends are just so good at, like, asking me the, the tough questions, you know what have you been reading in the Bible lately? 
Um, what's God challenging you on? And like for different people, will be different questions. Um, maybe the most important type of questions they could be asking me are the ones regarding sex. Because um, I think there's, there's no other aspect where the world has so corrupted God's ideal. And like just to add to what Alpha was saying, like I, I think it's crystal clear that God's ideal is complete faithfulness within marriage. And when I think about that, like I don't know who my wife is going to be, but I don't want to go anywhere near the things that would rob anything from that relationship I'm going to have. And so I, I, I love having guy friends who are close enough to me um, who, who can just ask me, like, Rob, you know, what is your attitude towards dating? How are you doing with, with avoiding porn? How are you doing with avoiding lust? Like, all of those tough questions, which, as I say, sometimes I don't really want to be asked them, but it's because I know that they love me and they want the best for me, mm. and they can, they can see me being better than the person I currently am. Mm. Thank you, Rob. Alpa, what would you like to say to people who are in relationships? Um, I think I'd like to say, um, don't assume that all single people want to be in a relationship, and also the other way around, don't assume all single people want to be single. I think it, I've loved it when people have listened to my experiences and perspectives. Um, and then um, couples with children tend to hang out with other couples with children, and I, th I think that's okay. But as a single person, there's fewer and fewer people, to, single people to do things with. Um, and I, I just think, I, I love being invited out around, not just for dinner or to babysit, but um, just to do life with people, um, if they're doing the ironing um, or if they're doing the washing, just hanging out with people who are married. And... Holidays can be difficult um, sometimes in terms of who to go with. Um, and I love going to weddings, but it's sometimes difficult and daunting to going on your own. Um, and I've re really loved it when my married friends have invited me to go with them to, to weddings. And I think loneliness can be a real issue. Um, and church can, can really make a real big difference there, I think. Um, I've really loved my married friends really being there for me emotionally. I know I can phone them or just go around and, and just offload, really. Yeah, yeah. Rob, what would you like to say to people in relationships? Um, for the most part, thank you. Like, I think this is a church, or certainly, yeah, I think this is a church full of people who are modeling marriage. And Sorry, I, I can only speak for my experience and the friends that I have, but I think this is a church full of married people who are doing relationship well, and they're just excellent role models. Um, so don't take what I'm about to say as like a slap on the wrist, but... I think it might be worth you, you just kind of knowing the kind of insecurities that, that a lot of us face, that when, when we hear people who are in love talking about how amazing it is to be in, being in love, you know, people saying, oh, she just, she just builds me up all the time, she's so supportive of me, oh, he's just always um, praying for me, or he's, you know, he's, he's just made my life come into color. And, and it's not just like, people say that, right? And it's, it's not just like real life, it's like in, in all the films and things, and every time that happens, there's this insecurity within me that, that just kind of says, oh, if, if life is so much better in a relationship, is my life worse off because I'm not? And I think that where I've landed on this is that, no, like, as I said before, like, we need relationship, and 
And it would sound a bit weird, but when people are in those conversations, I, I, very, I, I could quite easily just say, oh yeah, that's kind of like my relationship with my guy friends. They're really supportive of me, and they're always building me up, and they're making me more like Jesus. I don't, because that would be weird. <laughs> but actually, there's, there's a truth in that, and also in terms of God. Like, God isn't holding anything back from us. You know, the Bible says that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And singleness definitely isn't something that God's kind of, you know, God isn't waiting for me to get into a relationship before he just pours out his, his love on me. Like, that's, that's available to me right now. Thank you, Rob. Betsy, what would be your encouragement to people who have, have been in a relationship and are, are no longer are through bereavement or through divorce? I know for many people here, you might have had it so much better sorted than me. Um, but the one thing I do know is God gives us strength and we are stronger. You are stronger than you think you are. Um, and I have done things I never would have done otherwise. Um, I, in the last year, I started to run. And um, two weeks ago, I um, did my second half marathon, something I wouldn't have done before. And um, actually, it's a year today that I did a tandem skydive. And um, people that know me will know I'm terrified of heights. And it was just an amazing experience. Um, I do think we have to hold on to the promise that uh, God gives us in, in Jeremiah that um, he, he knows the plans for us and that we do have hope and, and we do have a future. Thank you. And Tracy, what would your encouragement be to other single people? Um, just a couple of things, really, um, that's just helped me. Um, one is just, just live your life. Um, don't wait for, um, don't wait to be whole until you've met your husband or your wife. It's, you can be whole and become whole as a, as a single person. And I've, I've just lived, you know, just try to live my dreams and do the things that you can do as a single person where you haven't got to consider an, another person. And I've, I've spent the last five years, um, within the last five years, living in the United States. And I've just really enjoyed, like, the excitement of that, just learning about myself, learning about my giftings and my strengths and my weaknesses, what I love, what I love about ministry, doing ministry, and just really just, go, just going for it. And it's really fulfilled me, and, and I've met new people. I've got friends all around the world now through that experience. And, and I, just, I just feel like a wholer person, wholer than I ever thought I would feel. And I feel more ready to meet somebody right, right now because of feeling so much wholer. And, and the other thing was loneliness, it does come up quite a lot when you're single, especially when you see your friends getting married and although you're really happy for them and, and you love being a part of all of that, sometimes it can be painful as well because it reminds you of what you would like. And, and so I asked God about loneliness quite a few times and, and I, he, he was showing me in Genesis what John mentioned in his first talk about it's not good for man to be alone. And although I, I believe that's referring to marriage, I, I also believe that it's in a, in a broader sense, it's relating to companionship, that it's not good for man to not have companionship. And I've, 
you know, God's put people in my life that I, I can have companionship with, just friends. And, and companionship is just about allowing people to see who you are and allowing them, allowing them to see all of you and your struggles and, and the joys and the pains, the laughter. And it's just about doing life with people. And so I just encourage you to just do, be free to do life with people. We're in a community, a body of, the body of Christ, we're here to support one another and, and love one another. We're, we're a big family. And, I, and that has really, like, taken away my loneliness, just, just the love and support of friends and, and relationship. Thank you. Well, it's been very special, hasn't it, hearing such openness from these four. Would you join me in thanking Rob, Alpha, Betsy, and Tracy? Let me finish by just reading you a text from the chapter I mentioned earlier, 1 Corinthians chapter 7. This is from the Message Bible. This is the Apostle Paul writing. He says this, Sometimes I wish everyone was single like me, a simpler life in many ways. But celibacy is not for everyone any more than marriages. God gives the, gifts, the gift of the single life to some, the gift of the married life to others. And don't be wishing you were someplace else or with someone else. Where you are right now is God's place for you. Live and obey and love and believe right there. God, not your marital status, defines your life.